Hi, my name is Pasha Marlowe, and this is the Let Pleasure Be the Measure podcast. We are going to have so much fun together. I hope that our conversations about pleasure light you up. And I hope they inspire you to reclaim your desires and create more space in your day to bring pleasure into your work, your family life, and yes, even your sex life. We will practice and explore the art of pleasure together. Let's play. Hello, everybody. My name is Pasha Marlowe, and this is the Let Pleasure Be the Measure podcast. And I have for you today another fun and exciting guest. This is Allison Wonders, woo, speaker coach, comedian, and pure romance consultant. We are going to have a juicy conversation, likely about everything, and especially pleasure. So welcome, Allison. Thank you, Pasha. It's great to be here on Let Pleasure Be the Measure. I like <laughs> saying it. It's a very like sexual, sensual. Yeah. It's like not just the rhyme. It's like the word itself is pleasurable. It has like a um, resonance to it, right? It does. I like Dang. it. It really got me thinking a lot about pleasure. Oh, good. Yeah. And I really... Um, What I realize about pleasure is that anything pleasurable completely takes you out of your head. Yes. The thoughts disappear when you pleasure. Yes. The thinking thoughts. And then you feel with your body more, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So how do you define pleasure? Like, I know that's hard to put into words, but if you could define it with a word or color or image, what would it be? Um. I mean, I think, I, I think I would define it as just body awareness, really, just mm-hmm. being aware of like a sensual experience without words. That's how I would define it. Nice. I like that. Yes. I'm hearing from so many women that it's hard to define with words. Um, so yes, I love that essential experience without words. And it sounds like you're on a bit of a sensual exploration um, journey right now. Am. Yes. So yeah. you're 56, right? Yep. Yeah. I love the over 50 midlife woman who's like, I'm reclaiming my pleasure, my joy, my sexuality, my desires and all the things. And I could give two fucks what you think about it. It's like, we're like fiery now. I write like women over 50 are like, we're killing it. We're doing it. We're out there. Watch out world. Cause we're here. Watch it. Exactly. I just, I have a sex therapist friend who was just on the podcast this morning, actually, Jennifer Wiesner. And she said, this is the year of the vulva. She's like, I can feel it. And and she was talking about it in terms of women's empowerment, but also actually sexual reclamation and pleasure revolution. So yeah. And it's funny because I think you and I met through our vulvas in a way. You recognize my vulva online and I recognize yours because we have the same vulva puppet. Hello, hello, darling. Oh, yours has a British accent. That's cool. Mine's mine's like British when it's shaved, but then when I have it hairy, I'm like, what, what do you want? And I was like, it gets like this like angry New Yorker. <laughs> I'm 
mind's always telling you what she needs. She likes to talk and things and like, let's not deed around the bush. I'm a ventriloquist. So if you're listening to this, you may hear it sounds a little funny, but if you I will absolutely put up a YouTube um, video of this as well. Cause sometimes these podcasts just have to be watched, but you know, you just said beat around the bush. That was on purpose, I did. right? I did. Okay. And so when I'm a ventriloquist twist, quiz, twist. Oh, wow, that's bad. A ventriloquist. Wow. A vent- okay. When I do you my, your tongue died. When I do my thing, the only lips that move are my vulvas. <laughs> only your vulva lips move. I just did a comedy show the other day and the person was cracking. I was holding my vulva puppet, like celebrating her reclamation of pleasure. And then she said something really funny. She was actually naming all the different words we use for vulva. And some of them are just bizarre. Um, something like bearded, not bearded lizard. There was one that was different, lizardy. But anyhow, I started laughing, but I was laughing during the show. So I started sticking my face in the vulva and laughing, which looked very dirty. That is very funny. Yes. And I do like, like comedy stand up, And so like there's the microphone and the vulva. So things get a little hairy yes. there. So yeah, yes, stuff, but you know, so your friend and talking, that's what I'm so I think we've done the sexual revolution. I think now we're doing the sexual evolution. Nice. I think what's happening is that, you know, sexual well-being is now at the forefront. And it's mm-hmm. about, you know, it's about the mind, spirit, and body of your sexual well-being. It's not just about having sex. It's about yes. you know, touch and, and meditation during sex and being present. Like all those skills. It's about yoga, you know, getting the right move in while you're in it, you know? So, you do yoga moves while you're doing it? Wow. That's really some kind of yoga move. I don't know what you call it, but all I know is like my hand arthritis is really impacting this pleasure experiment. <laughs> oh dear. Well, there's two hands. So do a left-handed that doesn't feel good at all that's true well that's well that brings me to toys <gasps> i need to be toys. ambidextrous in my self-worshipping yeah well if you have a good ergonomic toy okay there you go so so let's just jump right into vibrators so do you have a favorite like i've never asked anybody no that's not true i have asked somebody that not on the podcast though i do what? i do have a favorite i do i yeah do. Because they, well, first of all, vibrators aren't like they used to be, right? So like they used to be just dildos and they look like penises and that was it. Now they're literally ergonomic, made so that your hand can fit on it and it can hold it well. They're made, some of them are made, you don't need your hands. Some of them are- Yeah, hands baby. I'm not schooled on this. So that's good for arthritis and laziness. It Uh is. And why why are vibrators- purple all the time like what's with that oh they're purple they're green they're blue i think we're just i think it's part of the evolution we're not like they're not like granny's vibrators anymore you know we're like they're not they're not even pink they're exciting and colorful and fun and you know don't look like they used to look but they are made for women they are made to be used in our bodies the way our bodies are designed so they're really well designed and I really enjoy and there's so many varieties and there's something for everybody so like tons of multiple speeds and you can use them with a partner or without a partner it's good stuff and and I assume they're getting quieter as time goes on they are quiet they are definitely quieter they still Uh they still have a buzz but you know 
They are quieter and that is really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's a common, um, barrier. It right? is. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And important because, you know, 80% of women need clitoral stimulation. Mm-hmm. So those vibrators have a clitoral component to them. Mm-hmm. And that's really important because, you know, I don't know many partners at 80% of women need clitoral stimulation. And I don't know what percentage actually need a toy to finish the job because mm-hmm. a partner might not be able to move their tongue or their finger as fast as a vibrator. And right. when you have control of the vibrator, you have control of where it goes and how you feel and how you can enjoy your pleasure. And sometimes you just can't explain it to the partner when you're in the middle of all that. So, sure. Sure. Um, you know, one of the things I really like to talk about is really speaking up in the bedroom. Good. So, you know, like letting your partner, even if you're first dating, if you bring in a toy, just really like, this is what I want. This is what I need. We're bringing this in. Let me show you it to you. Don't be scared of it, but this is going to give me the ultimate pleasure. And I want to partner it with you. Yeah. And that brings up a really great point is how do you start that conversation with your partner? Um, even just asking for what you want, right? This, this comes up a lot. It's like, how do we ask for what we want uh, during sex? And how do we say, you know, it's going great, but I could use a little bit more. So why don't we go get that toy in the drawer? Do you have it out ready? Like, what's your, what's your advice? Well, I mean, it's like anything. It takes courage. I think that's mm-hmm. it really does take courage mm-hmm. to say, this is what I need and I want. So that conversation mm-hmm. is either best done. Definitely one would be out of the bedroom before, right. you right. know, and it's just, this is what I need. And of course, it's always good if you do it right after sex when everybody's feeling real good and you're like, listen, by the way, there's something I would like to share with you. And then, you know, show them, you got to show them, this is how it works. This is how it is. This isn't, this is about us. This is, this is how it works for me. It doesn't mean that you're not great. Um, but it's just going to give me that extra pleasure that I need mm-hmm. to finish the job for myself. So, and you're I- saying after sex, are you talking about like, after, for instance, intercourse, and there's of course many different methods, but you said to have this conversation after sex. Yeah. I'm saying like, after you've had sex with your partner and y'all are relaxed, right. Oh, then continue the conversation. Yeah. That, like when everybody's like had a really nice time and we're relaxed and everybody's head is in a different space, that's kind of a good time to talk about it too, because mm-hmm. your partner might be more receptive to it or asleep. Yeah, so you bonk them or her with, with the toy and you go, hey, you bonk them with the toy. <laughs> Listen, this is what we need to do. And another conversation that is really important to have is lubrication. So yes. that's a really tough one, right? Because like, sometimes you just have to lubricate in the middle of having sex and you mm-hmm. have to be brave and have courage. And that I think that the young women, I don't know, we're not taught. There's nowhere that we're taught this. That's why I love this pure romance model where ladies get together and we really were educating and there's mm-hmm. really no other place. And lubrication is like, where do you learn about lubrication? Like all you know is, oh, if I get old, I dry up. Well, that's, right. not, that's not true, right? It's What's true is you could be having sex for a long time and you need extra lubrication. You could be using a toy and you need extra lubrication. You could be on medication and you need lubrication. Yes. And there's many different types and varieties and having it right there and ready 
um, for solo or partner sex so that you're not looking for it and trying to open it. Exactly. And that's a conversation too, to say, listen, I might need lubrication. And I think that there's just power and and courage and just saying, hey, listen, we got to stop. This is what I need, you know? I mean, I, I don't know as women that we're taught that we're, you know, there's like this teaching that we're just supposed to keep going and like, let's let it go. I don't know at our age that we feel that way, but mm-hmm. you know, even if like your arms hurting, it's like, you know what you speak up that those are the pieces that we're speaking up about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're not likely to sit around with our arm losing feeling and sensation and tingling. I'm just be like, I'm, my arm's getting tired. I'm moving it. Yeah. <laughs> in this one so or or, you know it's probably not going to work so we might want to just give up now like when you just know your head is not in it like you do not have to people please and stick around for a very long time if you don't want to just exit exactly (laughs) and i feel like as women that pleasure it's the journey i mean you know i think maybe for a man in order to feel complete he has to have his ending but I don't know if that's always true no I don't think it is I think it's just a journey of and if you're able to really be present and in the moment I mean it's just an endless journey and you can stop and go and turn and move and change it's really incredible absolutely yes and there's so many different forms of sex and pleasure and and you mentioned illness and whether it's hormones or a physical illness or a mental illness, like so much can stand in our way from uh, sex looking the way we think it should look. So redefining it for ourselves and designing our sexual experiences and our partnerships, whatever they look like for ourselves and letting go of the, the conditioning um, and even everything we've read in a book that even, you know, we just have to define it for ourselves and, and, uh, and then ask for what we want and be open exactly. and truthful with our partners and ourselves. I've talked to a lot of women who struggle with the, the truth to themselves. If they're hiding their truth, this is, um, specifically related to sexuality. If they're, um, hiding their sexuality or not being forthright about it with themselves in their head, then that stands in the way and can be manifested as secrets and shame uh, in the bedroom with or without a partner. Right. Right. And, you know, and if you do have issues, I think that you should be brave enough. And I think again, sex and bravery to get help, you know, to talk about it. I think it's really important. You don't have to be hiding and, and, you know, have that, dual conversation, which is I'm doing it, but I won't really feel it. You know, there's a lot you can do to, there's a lot of good work out there. Um, There's there's even good products. I mean, we have a product that's called O and it's, you know, put it on your clitoris and then the blood rushes to it and it gives you some feeling and stimulation. And then, you know, you feel a little more ready to go and, you know, yep. Move in. So good. Yeah. Fantastic. And so when you gather with women, what are the main, I guess, limiting beliefs that come up for women that stand in the way of pleasure, even outside of sex, just stand in the way of receiving pleasure and asking for pleasure and feeling worthiness of pleasure? This podcast is sponsored by Krista Hoppala, sexologist and consciousness guide. 
I am proud to say that Krista is my own personal sexologist, the woman I turn to when I need to refresh my own pleasure practices. I highly recommend her to my clients and friends. Her website is kristahapala.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-A-H-A-A-P-A-L-A.com. Lots of A's, or as I say, lots of ahs. It's all pleasure with this woman. Check her out. Yeah, I think that I think that women don't. Um, I think what pleasure looks like has to be redefined. I think pleasure has been the finishing act. That's been all that we talk about. The big and O. This whole thing that really mm. begins with touching, and we mm -hmm. are really interesting part of life where we cannot touch as much. And that is mm -hmm. huge deprivation. So mm -hmm. like, we need to be touching. We need to be touching our family members. I mean, skin on skin, feeling heart on heart, like yeah. a lot, like that is not okay that this is happening. And, you know, it's really important with our partners to, you know, keep that touching and, you know, feeling our skin. This is like, this is basic. And that's all the way over here. You know, that's the beginnings of pleasure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so important to, and we're missing that right now, the extra hugs. Um, and I know a lot of people, I imagine that's why so many people are buying, you know, puppies and cats right now. <laughs> like they need somebody to love on and someone to love on them. Um, yeah. And luckily I feel like we can establish some of that connection and even intimacy, you know, online and, and via Zoom through eye contact and smiling. But yeah, I think it makes it even more important that we, that we use our own bodies and our own hands um, to experience that touch that we all need as humans, just as a basic human need. Yeah. And FYI, like the sex industry is like booming, like 2020 was the best year ever. So people are- really sex, people are buying things, people are reconnecting with their partners, people are asking those questions of how and getting back to their, you know, partners and having good times where maybe they didn't. So it's been, you know, sex is in, it's happening. Happening, people. So something, something good came out of 2020. <laughs> Yeah, it is. a lot of good came out of 2020. Absolutely. So many, so many gifts uh, and blessings in disguise for sure. Um, one of the things that you really truly believe in, and I do as well, is finding times and now, of course, as safely as possible, getting out with our girlfriends and the, whether you call it ladies night or night on the town or whatever you call it, um, how important that is for women to keep coming back to that sisterhood and tribe. Absolutely. And I mean, that's what I miss. So part of doing pure romance is you get together with ladies and right, you laugh and you laugh, you know, sex becomes fun and you get to laugh about the, and connect. And yeah, that's something I'm still doing as much as I can. Yeah, and hopefully it'll be more so we can all get out there and connect as women. Yes. I know as soon as a women's retreat is safe, I'm that's the first thing I'm booking again because it was my favorite thing to do is running women's wellness retreats or just circling up with women, even if it's just talking. And sometimes it looks like yoga or um, journaling or manifesting or learning, but sometimes it's just being in the presence of each other and holding space for each other's feelings, all of them. Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. And I hope that I think there's more men doing this now too. There's men's groups and support groups. And I've led some men's empowerment groups and um, emotional intelligence meetings with men lately. And um, cause I don't want to leave them out. You know, we're women in the year of the vulva expanding and empowered and liberated. And sometimes it feels as if we're just going to outgrow our relationships or partnerships or just men in general. Um, and so we have to, I think, include them in the conversation if we want to cohabitate and, and commune with them. Well, and part of including is really being able to speak up for ourselves, you Absolutely. know, being able to have those conversations that we might not have felt as comfortable you yeah. know, in the past and like really saying what we need, what we want, you know, getting what we want. I know you're on that exploration in life. And I think that is like, that's where it's at. That's where we're at. Like this being honest, like, I think we will have gotten where we need to get when we are truly honest in our sexual bodies and we are truly speaking, which is why I have a talking vulva because she is going to say anything that she wants and she's going to speak up where a lot of times we're not. So I think it is just a really exciting time for us to, you know, as women and for the men in our lives, how lucky are they all we're, you know, the more we speak, the more, you know, pleasure, pleasure we get pleasure they give and makes them feel good. Right. Absolutely. And you and I have a commonality of not only having vulva puppets, but using our comedy to to teach and to liberate um, through our truth telling. And so how did you get into comedy to begin with or puppetry? So I have been doing, I have been working with puppets for 25 years. I was a children's entertainer. Um, I had all these puppets. I moved my mouth. I, they thought they didn't even care. And then, um, then I grew up, I had kids and I was like, well, I don't really want to play with kids anymore. So I decided I wanted to entertain grownups. So I took a couple of stand-up comedy classes and on my last class, I decided to bring a puppet up there. And, um, and then it was like, you know what, if I just shut my mouth, I can be a ventriloquist. (laughs) And voila, that is what I am doing now. And so now I am really working, I'm working the comedy muscle, which is so much fun. Talk about using my brain for better good in my life. I mean, yes. I'm like constantly in there twisting and working and, and I'm sure, you know, cause you- I call it like, I finally learned to play with myself because That's- I can always create a comedy routine or find the humor in something or rewire a, a thought or a word. So yeah, it's, it's constant, fun, creative challenge. Constant. And it, mm-hmm. and it's so surprising. Like if you show up, to your creativity, you are in for a treat. I mean, it is going to just, it's going to take you to places you couldn't imagine that. Yes. You, I mean, out of my mouth, I'm like, I think it's hilarious. I, it's so much fun. I'm a huge fan of um, Elizabeth Gilbert's book. Um, oh, Big, big Magic. Oh. So good. So I, I read her as well. And what you just said is, you know, that you crack yourself up. And I think that's the most important part because people are like, well, other people think I'm funny. And even in the roar with laughter program that I do, they'll, they'll, you know, worry that other people won't get their jokes. And I'm like, who cares if, if you're getting up on stage and you're cracking yourself up and open because you're, you know, revealing and healing, you know, great. You're that's, that's already wonderful. And 
absolutely. There's likely going to be somebody in the audience who resonates and feels a sense of belonging with what you're saying. You're not going to be everybody's comedian, just like you're not going to be everybody's therapist or, you know, best friend. So I, I want to encourage people who are like, oh, I couldn't do comedy because I'm not funny, that it's just life is funny. And whatever you did this morning could be a comedy routine in a snap if you just look at it through the lens of humor. Absolutely. And everybody always wants to give me their jokes. They're like, oh my God, oh my God. This, and I, I always have to tell them, that's your joke. Okay. That's your, you're funny. That's hilarious. Like that is not my joke. My joke look, you know, comes out through my experiences and my life and my relationships. And you know, the thing about comedy that I'm learning right now is that this authenticity, you have to, you have to marry it with being authentic. Yes. Really be comfortable in your skin, like in everything you do. Right. I mean, it's like Mm. applies everywhere, like in life sex and comedy like you have to in order to really be seen in order to really people to connect with you yes you have to be funny but you've got to be authentic absolutely and so even if you're doing a character I always encourage people in my program um because my my character is over anxious talks way too much and is really just a, a nervous wreck which is me, but I exaggerate it, right? And so through your puppetry, you might exaggerate or through your sensuality, you might exaggerate it, but it's still authentic. It's still back to our essence. And so I think it's great to be able to tell people you could be um, flat in your affect. You could talk slowly and be completely lazy and not and not have any trouble getting people to laugh because you're, you can exaggerate that character and you could be like the the lazy flat comic. And then it's hysterical as long as it's true and authentic. Exactly. And there's just a few little tricks, right? The punchline. It's all about the punchline, but you know, you can learn the punchline. Yes. You know, and anybody, anybody can be a comedian. That's the trick. I don't like to tell people that because I want to think that I'm hilarious, but the truth is (laughs) anybody can be a comedian and you know, you've worked with plenty of women on that, you know, platform. It can be learned. There's some techniques, some like, you know, set up punchline or one, two, three. There's just some things that kind of always work, which is nice to have a bit of a formula. It seems like mathematical and logical. Um, But in the end, I love the comedic storytelling. The times when not everybody is laughing the whole time there, they might be crying or really remembering something important in their life. And then there's tension that builds. And then there's a a release and joke or laughter. I love yeah. that. And as a comedian, that's, that's hard work. Cause like, yeah. you're like, nobody's responding for a minute and you have to trust that you're going to get to the end and they're going to laugh, but you have to have a lot of confidence to just speak that story. So it's fun. It's like, like, you know, everything is the same thing. Everything is a question of bringing your body, mind, spirit to the table feeling true to yourself, speaking up, you know, all the same story, just in different. Yeah. Right. And back to big magic with Elizabeth Gilbert, you know, her whole mission in that book is do something creative. And for one person it's drawing and another person is comedy and another person might be gardening or whatever it is. Find the thing that lights you up, that stimulates those creative juices. And then like, 
go big. Let's go wild with it and embrace that. Even if it's quirky, like there's people who are like, well, I just knit. I'm like, awesome. Be like the knitter. <laughs> and- pleasure. The pleasure. Yes. Like, yes. oh my God, the pleasure of mm-hmm. creation. Oh, mm-hmm. it's as good as anything, you know, as good as anything. And we have to create the time for it. And then we have to establish boundaries to create the space for it. And we have to maybe tell people that we live with or our friends with and family that this might be something that we're valuing now. It might look different. I might be taking more time in the bathroom. I might be closing my bedroom door and you're not supposed to come in. Or I'm going to take a weekend off here and there for myself, for my pleasure and claiming it and seeing if you can, you know, Maybe it, maybe it'll rub off on them. (laughs) And I'm really into habits, you know, I'm really, I work my habits. So like 10 minutes of a day, right. Toward your pleasure. What gives you, I think that is, again, I think Mm -hmm. let's be the measure is, should be out there. Everybody needs to know about it. That is like really good stuff. So you're saying like a t-shirt's made? I think so. I would wear it. I would totally wear it. I I really would. I think it's a really important statement. It takes you way out of your head and in the moment and you seek different things that you wouldn't seek in any other word. It's just a really great word to bring back. Yes. Agreed. So Allison, if people wanted to check out your comedy or continue conversations with you or hear about your pure romance toys that you don't have to hold. Um, How can they get a hold of you? Yeah. So you can reach me on Facebook. You can just friend me on Facebook. I'm Allison wonders gars with an S as in smile. Um, Or you can email me at coachingwonders at gmail.com. And I am happy to talk comedy, sex, I do, I work with people on TED Talks, TEDx Talks. So yes. I got a lot of things going. So I, um, yeah, I'm always open to meeting new people and having new conversations. So thank you, Pasha. Good. I, absolutely. I will include Allison's information at the bottom of the show notes and, uh, and check us out on YouTube if you want to watch the interview, especially because there's Volvo puppets involved. And I don't know if you, yeah, I, <laughs> Boy, <laughs> I wish I had a, a little jingle in my head, like that's the end of our show or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm so excited and I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control and I think I like it. Ah, ah, ah. If they let us keep that, because we just stole a song. <gasps> oh, it might not be recognizable. <laughs> Uh, coming through a vulva. Yeah. So if you want to see a vulva sing, you have to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. And even if they're just listening and giggling, then our job is done. Yeah. Right. Yes. If anybody needs a talking vulva, they want to be entertained. I'm your girl. I'm your girl. Awesome. Awesome. So if anybody wants to continue the conversation with Allison, check out her links. If anybody wants to continue the conversation with me or explore coaching, pleasure and laughter coaching or group coaching because there's a new Roar with Laughter cohort coming up in April where you too can be a comedian no matter your experience. Um, Always fun. So much fun. And um, yeah, PashaMarlo.com or email me at 
Pasha at PashaMarlo.com. And then if you love the podcast, subscribe, review, share, give a shout out to Allison and um, your friends say, hey, this was fun. You should listen to this. It just helps us spread the word of pleasure. So thank you, Allison, for being here. Thank you, Pasha. You're awesome. Love your energy. Love your podcast. Love your book. Love everything you're doing, girl. And everybody check out Roar if you want to. Yes. Yes. Super. Thank you. I will be talking to you soon. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.